Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to the live Q&A with yours truly. Hope you all have done have been doing exceptionally well. And for those who's watching this for the very first time, my name is Josh Rez. You also know as Coach Josh. And it's my goal here to make help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically with God optimal use. Periodically, I do these live Q&As where I answer your questions. So if this is something that you feel is beneficial to you, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, all that good stuff. And for those who's been rocking with me, whether on YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, I want to say thank you all so much for your continuous support. I greatly appreciate it, man. Uh, we've been going 12 years strong. And I would, no matter what year you came in, whether you came in year uh, one, year six, or year 12, just want to say thank you so much for being a part of this journey as we grow together in the things of God. But um, I'm going to go into the chat feed, see who's here, and we'll get right to the Q&A. And for those who's like, yo, these videos are long, all the timestamps to all the questions are below. Gigi, what's going on? Estella, hey, what's up? Info me as much. ASAP, I mean, hey, how you doing? Jay Keaton, what's up? Family Christopher, what's going on? Chanel. Hey, Josh, what's your playlist looking like? My playlist looking real good. I got a mixture of some old school, what your mama listened to, worship, mixed with a little bit of, of, of Derek Minor, some Lecrae, some uh, NF, definitely, because, uh, you know, coaches that type, that go get it type. Uh, so my playlist is very wide. Uh, I got the old school. I got some um, uh, William McDowell, I think that's his name. Um, some old school worship song. I don't even know the I don't even know the singles. I just know that's what mama had me listen to when I was a baby. That old school worship just has a way of drawing you closer to the father. Um, so that's what my players looking like. Uh NF definitely. Um Lecrae, Andy, all the all them, uh Fidel. Uh oh, my one of my, my favorites, uh Jeremiah Blygen. He's one of my favorites. Um, Eshawn Burgundy, um, Derek Minor for sure. NF, Lecrae, Andy, all of them, those my peoples. I like them. Rodeo Joe, what's going on? Jay Key, notification team on point. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for hitting that notification bell. Jimmy Lewis, hey, coach, came right on time. Glad you're here. Hey, coach, do you believe in right person, wrong time? Uh, like you two were spiritually immature when you got into the relationship or not possible? Uh, basically, I do believe anything is possible with God. I think two people can meet at the wrong time. I want to say the wrong time, but it could be the wrong time in theory, but the right time um, from God. Um, because usually from our vantage point, we don't even know what the right time is. Uh, yes, because uh, my wife and I, I'm sure I was immature when I met her, uh, but God's timing for us to get married. See, meeting at the altar and meeting for the first time are two different types of meetings. So maybe God in his sovereignty allowed uh, will allow two people to meet at a time that looking back may seem wrong or looking in the midst of it may seem like the wrong time. But but I know for a fact the right time for y'all to be married, if you allow God to govern, God will orchestrate that. Uh, but God orchestrates it all. Um, so I think you can meet each other at a time where y'all not ready for marriage, but y'all may be ready for uh, a God's divine purpose to spawn a series of events that 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 develops y'all too to prepare y'all for a union. I can see that because um, um, I'm, I'm I wasn't mat- all the way mature when I met my wife because um, it took us about five to six years to get married from the date from the day that we met, maybe four years or so before we got married. But um, but I know the day that she came to my Bible study was divine um, for the first time. Hindsight being 2020, I see God all in the midst of it. And there were some things that uh, 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 we had to grow and mature in as, in regards to actually coming together in a marriage. So is it possible meeting the right person at, at a, at a I want to say the wrong time? It's possible. You'll meet the right person at the right time from God's vantage point, even if y'all are still growing in certain areas, if that makes sense. 
immature when you got into the relationship or not possible. Um, anything's possible. Um, all of us, no matter who you meet, you're going to meet at an immature state because we're all maturing in things of Christ. Um, but will God send the, the right person where you're drastically immature, where you're not ready um, to be with that person? No. Um, but I hope that helped. What's up, Swaggy? What's up, fam? Jay Keaton. How to not settle for what you don't want, but it feels right. You can't go by feelings, my friend. Feelings are uh, will confuse you. Feelings will have you delusional. Feelings will make you believe something is factual when it was nothing but a fairy tale or 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 vain. Um, so, uh, how to not settle for things that you want? You have to delay gratification. You got to be able to have a disciplined mindset. A disciplined mind leads to a disciplined life. When you're disciplined mentally and you understand that that even though my body may want this right now, my emotions may be calling for this right now, in the grand scheme of things, it's not beneficial at the moment. And so I want a piece of cake right now. You know, there's, there's moments where I want, I want chips and I want this, but I know for a fact if I won't sleep, if I want to live longer, there, there has to be a greater why than, than the than the greater scream, the loud screams of your wants. Because if your why is if your why is solid, then the screams of your wants, then you will delay gratification through discipline. Um, so how to not settle? Um, number one, you got to understand, or you got to have something in sight. You got to have something in your scope that's greater than what's in front of you right now. You have to have something greater in the greater scheme of things as scheme of things than what's in your sight right now. How to not settle. Number two, you got to engage God because the more you engage God, you will be able to really understand what life really is. Another thing you have to do in order not to settle is to maximize your time. If you don't value your time, you will you will uh, mismanage your time. So what happens is if your time is valuable, then you will be able to distinguish between the difference between what's beneficial for right now and what's never beneficial. A second T, you got to change the way you think about, or you got to, you got to determine, you got to change the way you think about, about yourself, about life, because the more you, the more you understand the value of yourself, then you won't settle for anything that's below your wealth. It, uh, priceless attracts priceless. You know what I'm saying? And so when you understand and change the way you think about yourself and increase your value, you will be able to really see um, the difference between what's beneficial in the grand scheme of things and what will be temporary beneficial. S, um, get a bigger scope. Uh, e, engage in the presence of God. First T, um, uh, uh, understand the value of time. Second T, um, change the way you think about yourself. How you spell settle? Let me look at your question. S E T T L. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Simple as that. E, enjoy life. Enjoy the moments. Because when you look so much, if you look so far into the moments of the future, but you don't embrace the the, the gift of the present, then you ain't gonna be able to succeed in life. But but your but your why has to be greater than the screams of your wants. Your flesh is going to scream for wants. Your flesh is going. My flesh, my body, sometimes want to scream for things. But you got to change the appetite of your whole being. You got to change the appetite of your mind, your emotions, and your body. You have to change the appetite so that your body can be weaned off of things that's trying to keep you from being successful. Um. And don't go off feelings, man. Feelings are not factual. Feelings will have you going crazy. Um, you got to deal with the facts. Live life based upon facts and faith in God. Hope to help, family. Please pray for me in my degree. Christopher, you good, man. 
God, I pray you cover Christopher, help him focus on the on the path that you have him on. I thank you, Father God, that you continue to increase his understanding and who he is and the purpose of this season, that greater is he that's in him than nothing, than anything that he may face in the world, that you will teach him um, 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 and you will help him uh, um, steward his life to be successful on the journey that you have. God's got you, family. Lucinda Diggs says, recovering from rejection, best methods. Great question. First, you got to understand that most rejection is for your protection and rejection is for your projection. Um, 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 Sometimes we uh, get so caught in deep in relationships that when that person decides to release us, then 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 we feel uh, 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 worthless. And so uh, uh, it doesn't matter who rejects you. They're not higher than the one that's protecting you. And sometimes you're thinking that your father rejected you or your mother's rejection was because of who you are. No, God utilized their rejection for your protection, protecting you from the ideologies, protecting you from their philosophies, protecting you from their influence, and also their rejection leading to your projection. Now you're being projected. Uh, uh, you're projected to be successful now because now those influencers are out of your life. Now you're uh, being uh, uh, projected and counterpoted to your future because you no longer have um, these individuals around you. So what I will tell you to do is write down those individuals names. And then I want you to write down why they mean so much to you. After you write down why they mean so much to you, I want you to write down uh, uh, how much does God mean to you? Number three, number four, I want you to research how much you mean to God. Because when you understand how much God loves you and is involved in the details of your life, then you will see just how valuable that rejection was. And, 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 And listen, rejection is probably some of the best tools um, God uses because sometimes God will harden the hearts of people or allow people's hearts to be hardened towards you so they can be out of your life. And, and when you begin to see your value, the value of who you are in Christ, then you will begin to move beyond that place of rejection. So to help you, Lucinda, you got to understand that rejections for your protection, rejections for your projection. Uh, and, and also you have to realize uh, um, that people are fickle. People are flawed. People will hurt you. People will disappoint you and let people leave. I learned a very valuable lesson growing up in life. Most people leave because they don't know how to understand value. They know how to perceive value. Not everybody can perceive value. Some people are attracted to you for selfish reasons. And I refuse to be surrounded by people that wants to take from me selfishly. So I let people reject me and I keep increasing value because I sometimes you got to be a person's lesson. And when people reject you and you've been nothing good for them, you be their lesson. You increase in value and when they try to come back and try to make another transaction or, or or withdraw from you then you have already developed your worth at a place where it's supposed to be in God and then you will limit them then they will begin to learn how to treat people that's that's why I tell you, you got to move on and increase your value not because of them but because of you don't increase your value to try to make them want you back no you create you increase your value so that you can continue to be successful and then you will naturally become a less for them to learn how to treat people going forward. So the Holy Spirit is going to help you. He's a present help in a time of trouble. He's going to help you recover from this. Um, but but follow what I said and, and you'll be able to really process your feelings once you get them on paper and then you'll be able to go forward and, and be successful. Hope to help. Tori J says, hey, coach, I hope you are doing it well. I'm doing exceptionally well. Thank you so much. Many blessings always. Many blessings to you too. How do you rid yourself of fear and anxiety 
uh, feelings in your physical body, even when you know you trust and believe in God mentally. Um, Tori J, um, what helped me deal with the anxiety um, was was understanding that God is enough for me and understanding how false my expectations of my own life was. Um, sometimes we forget that um, um, God um, spans our purpose over decades, spans who we are over years. And so most people overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in a decade. So when you understand that this is a marathon and you plan for the long game, then you will really take your time every day and flow with the spirit of God, casting your cares on him because he cares for you, knowing that he has already orchestrated your life. All you got to do is obey and follow the Holy Spirit's leading for success. Anxiety grips the heart of a person based upon their their uh, ability in a situation. See, see every situation I find myself, I just do, I just don't exclusify Oh, that's not even a word. I don't just uh, look at my ability. I look at our ability. I look at, okay, God, in this situation, this is all I can do. And so me and God are tag team partners and it keeps from being anxious. So I'm not worried about <clears throat> where, where money's going to come from. I'm not worried about that because I'm not in this world system. I am connected to, to not only um, life down here, but I'm connect, connected to an eternal supply, a God who's enough. So no, if I'm in obedience, if I'm in the will of God, all I got to do is trust and know that he will supernaturally supply for everything according to his riches and glory. That's what people have to understand. Um, he will meet all of our needs, all of our needs, according, according to his riches. We get, we limited right there. We know God got bank. We know God got money, but we forget about the glory part there. In order for us to give God maximum glory, we have to grow. We have to mature into management, into understanding how to steward. And, and that comes over time. That's why God spreads things out. It, because he wants to give us buffering rooms or his pruning seasons for us to grow. So first you have to understand, ask yourself, what am I anxious about? Is my theology sound in that area? Have I allowed the Holy Spirit to renew my mind in accordance to God's providence and provisional uh, ability? Um, um, and, and how you rid yourself of fear and anxiety, first you got to realize who God is and recognize who you are as a son and daughter that he will provide. I, you got to itemize your ideas. You got to be interactive with your ideas, put it that way. Because the more you engage in your purpose, the more confident you become in situations. Indeed, you just got to be disciplined and, 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 and really desire to delight in the Lord. That's how you read fear. You read fear by realizing who God is and recognizing who you are in him that gives you peace. Then you interact with your idea, God's idea of you and the ideas he has given you. And then you stay disciplined down this journey. And then you'll eventually, when you find yourself in situations where anxiety is there, you will be able to resort back to who you are. Because no matter what, uh, what I would say, uh, anxiety is going to come. But but what you do with that anxiety is important. So as soon as you feel a care rise, swoop, swoop, the care rise up in your heart, you give it to God. And how you cast your care on God? First off, you de you determine the care. Then you go into God's word to see what the word of God says about that specific care. And then you renew your mind about that care. And then you give it to him. God, here is you. And then you stand 
to see the salvation of God. And the more you actually become aware of God's salvation and his ability to supply in supernatural ways, it builds your faith and confidence. So what I want you to do is get a little notebook. And I want you, every time you see the goodness of God, I want you to write it down in that notebook. This is what God did good for me today. This is what God did. And even I didn't even deserve it, but he still did it. The more you do that, the more you will begin to have more trust in a, in a trustworthy God and, and, and you will be successful. Feelings in your physical body, even when you know you trust and believe in God, you just got to start exercising. Um, if, if it's, if you, if your mind and emotions are good, then, then you got to first off two things. Number one, physically and spiritually. Number two, the physical part of your body got to exercise and eat right. Some things can be triggered by just poor health and poor diet and poor, uh, uh, recreational, you know, uh, exercise. Number two, you got to, you got to declare, um, who you are in Christ and defend who you are. Defend your peace through spiritual warfare. Tell those demonic spirits that you will not be anxious. I'm a child of God. He will supply all of my needs according to the riches of glory. I will stand and see the salvation, Lord, and I counsel all your plots and schemes against me. Spirit of anxiety, I command you to go. And that's what you do there. Uh, make sure you, if the physical has been taken care of, it's more likely a spiritual warfare and you stand on who you are in Christ. Hope to help. Miss Bailey, what's going on? Abby, what's up? Let me scroll up. I lost my spot. Pink October says, hey, coach, after so long of being single, how can I bring, how can I blend my personal life to my children after losing their father? Gotcha. After so long of being single, how can I uh, blend or bring my personal life to my children? Okay, gotcha. Um, Bring slash blend. Gotcha. Um. Everything must boil down to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that, the Holy Spirit is not going to bring in someone new and then blend them into your into your family until your children are able to receive. What you can do in the meantime is to be a good mother to them, communicate with them. And what I mean by communicate with them, communicate with them in a way to see where they are emotionally. And when the Holy Spirit gives you clearance to bring uh, a gentleman in their life, uh, 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 um, um, whatever the Holy Spirit will let you know, it's just wisdom. Um, it depends if your kids are, it depends on the age of your children. Certain children are not ready for that transition, especially if you got an older child, mid, like maybe 10 or 11 that has some years with a father. It may not be a good time to bring a child in at that moment because they may still be grieving. They may still be missing. And, and, and the Holy Spirit will lead you in that. Um, that's the best advice I can give because there's two, there's soap, there's probably nuances in everything. I don't know the children's ages. I don't know the gentleman. I don't know where you are emotionally. And, and it, but everything is safe in the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Uh, um, and what I would do is, 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 uh, is reveal to them how, who their heavenly father is, even though their earthly father's not there. Uh, let, let, let the gentlemanship of the Holy Spirit be evident in your life and how the Holy Spirit takes care of you. Make it clear to them that oh, God did this for us. God is here with us and allow them to become aware of the attributes of God and how God is supernaturally sustained them even at the loss of their father. But before you bring another gentleman into the equation, be deep and right now, the best thing to do is to deepen your relationship with God and, and understanding and, and his leadership techniques t- with you so that you'll know when is the right time to bring um, that person into your life. If, if, if I'm answering your question correctly, um, 
because because children are 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 in transitional periods mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and you have to be a good steward of that. And and you can't be selfish and thinking that you can't you can't be concerned about so much about your needs that you're not concerned about are there are they well enough to receive someone new. If I tackled your uh, question at the right angle, Monique says, "Hey, coach, what is God's purpose for single mothers?" Great question. God's purpose for single mothers is to welcome his fatherhood in their lives. Um, I grew up in a single parent home. Um, um, The one thing that I've learned in that experience was the present help God was. Despite uh, not having a dad in the home, God, hindsight being 2020, because as a child, I didn't recognize it. But hindsight being 2020, I saw how God was there. And 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 people are in awe of, of how I came out, uh, how I, uh, what type of man I became because I grew up in a single parent home. There's some guys I know who have both parents and not at the level that I am and the way I carry myself character-wise. And, and that's because God, my mom allowed God to be known and 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 evolved, involved in my life. Now, the purpose for single mothers is for this, to trust him, to trust that he is there, to continuously cast your cares on him, to recognize that he is a present help in a time of trouble, to make sure that your heart stays at ease and keep your hope in him and not and not worry so much about when you're going to have somebody and trust that you are never too old for a new, a new stage in your life. Um, continue to serve your children with kindness and love and, and mercy and grace and, and welcome the help of the Holy Spirit often. That's the purpose because you will reap uh, great benefits out of your children when you let God in and do not um, beat yourself down and however uh, you contributed to being a single mother. You know what I'm saying? Whether, whatever it is, don't, don't beat yourself down. God has forgiven you. Go forward in the forgiveness of God and, 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 and live at the means you can uh, apologize often when you make mistakes to your children and, and, and trust God and he'll, he'll, he'll sustain you throughout the process. Hey, coach from Montreal, Canada. Thank you for watching for Canada family. Call me, Ken says, God just gave me whatever trial you, okay. God just gave me whatever trial you go through. Check your faith, obedience, and your word. How can I lead youth with this? Great question. Um, Whatever trial you go through, check your faith, obedience, and your word. How can I lead the youth with this? Youth, young people care more about what they see out of your life than what you say about your life. Consistency is key. Kids need to see you consistent with the word of God. So you have to ask yourself this. Where is my faith? Where is my obedience? Where am I in the word of God? How, how have I overcome trials? Have are they, When trials come, am I ready so that when the kids watch me go through trials, they will be able to see how to successfully go through them? Um, how you teach them is, is, through, is through your own experience and through expository of God's word. Let me make sure I put that in its proper order. Through expository through God's word by breaking the word of God down verse by verse, word by word, taking them through the text slowly, helping them understand the nuance in the text, the original meaning of the text. And from your experience, we're talking about successful experience and, or, or when you have failed and God helped you. That's the only way the youth is going to uh, really gravitate toward you is when you're real and then when you're the real deal. You see what I'm saying? When you're the real deal, they'll, they'll 
they'll they'll understand how to go through life realistically. And so if God gave you that message, God wants you to look at your life in light of that message and to see what you can extrapolate from your experiences with that text um, that will help them understand what faith is. And expository is key. You can't just go with stories and stuff like that. These kids are smart. They will fact check you. So what you got to do, you got to be able to really break the word down. Trust me, it works. It works. Those, the kids who uh, um, don't care about that, don't stifle the kids that desire the word for kids who want to play. So what you do is for you, if you take them through the word of God and trust me, the spirit of God is in the child of God will connect to that. And, and, and your realness with the word and the word being real to you will be electric for them and it'll be intriguing to them, but always point them to God. And in the process, you will see them bearing the right fruit and not just playing games all the time. And so that's what I will say about that text. And, 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 and leading the youth through that slowly, thoroughly, and transparently, if that helps. Hope that helps, fam. And for me, as much as coach, how do you know God wants you to be married? How do you know that's his will for your life? If you have a genuinely, genuine desire for marriage, then God can make it happen. God's a good God. God is not going to withhold anything from you. The only time he withhold things from you is when you're not mature to hold those things. If he was good enough to give you himself through the flesh form of himself as Jesus, then he's willing to give you any good thing. But you have to grow into the management ability of that good thing. So if you desire marriage, don't worry about whether or not God wants you to have marriage. Show God you want marriage. Sometimes we say we want marriage, but we don't show we don't have no evidence. We have nothing to show that we want that marriage. So focus on showing versus the, uh, versus for speaking about it. And that's what that's what I do. If I want a million dollars, I'm showing God that I can steward the money I have. If I want if since I wanted to be a husband, I'm I showed God that I was able to maximize my singleness. You have to show God. Show God show the, showing God doesn't mean that God didn't know and he's like, "Oh, thank you for showing me." No. You show God, "Hey God, I'm ready for this." And 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 the, even if you show God and you're ready, you got to be okay with this timing of it. So many people get so caught up on getting ready, but they don't know how to stay ready. You got to be able to stay ready even when God sees fit that you are, that he sees fit that you're ready, but the situational things around it is not ready for you. So many people are single and ready, but the circumstances and situations are not quite set for your readiness. So don't just focus on your desires for marriage. Don't focus on when you'll be married. Just keep uh, sharpening the blade of being a whole as a woman so that you'll be ready to be a wife and so on and so on. So if you genuinely, deeply have a desire for marriage, God will give you a marriage, but he'll only give you, the, give you a marriage when you have allowed the Holy Spirit to mature you into the person that's able to manage everything that comes with marriage. Marriage is like a car. Marriage is like a house. Both of those things have maintenance fees. Most people can afford a car, but they can't afford the maintenance. Many people can afford the wedding, but they can't afford the marriage. You see what I'm saying? So you got to understand, you got to uh, 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 get into God's word and be realistic about what really comes with marriage. Do you know what comes with a whole man? Uh, 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 so a lot of people want a, a six foot three man, five, three man, don't matter what man you want, but I'm sure he, he wants to eat. You know what I'm saying? A man wants a wife, but I'm sure she wants to be held and listened to. There's a lot of things that comes with marriage just because the wedding is cute and everything looks good. There's maintenance fees. There's going. There's death you have to occur daily. You see what I'm saying? So don't just 
concern yourself about, oh, I don't see things happen out. I don't care if your man is in Australia. I don't care if your wife is in Alaska. God knows how to bring y'all together without your help. God don't need your help. Just let God be a help to you to put you in a position where you are helpful for the level that you want to be on. That's my advice to you. If he placed it in you, it's his will for you. It's that simple. Uh, Christopher says, how do I get out of bed? I've been in a hole for over a week. Um, your joy cannot be in circumstantial things. Your joy has to be in Christ. Uh, because he lives, you can face tomorrow. That's the scripture I want you to meditate on. Because he is alive and active in your life, you are able to face tomorrow. But the only reason why people get stuck in holes is because they get so caught up in circumstances. They get so caught up on where their life is now. It doesn't matter where my life is. God is with me there. You got to have a greater why. You have to have a greater purpose. The Bible says, for it was the joy that was set before him that endured the cross, despises shame. If you really reverse that text and put it applicably in our lives, Christ has to be the joy that's set before us. Because if he's not the joy, if heaven is not the goal, if pleasing the Father is not the goal. If being Christ-like is not the flow, is not the goal. If the Holy Spirit is not the flow, then you're not going to endure these trials and tribulations. Jesus himself must be the joy that's set before you, that you will be able to endure life's trials and tribulations. So you have to get Im immersed in who Christ is, immersed in the purpose he has for you to get out of that hole. So what I want you to do is I want you to write down why you stuck. You know why the source, the, the source reasons why you stuck, why you stuck. And then you then what will come to the surface is your idolatry. The only reason why a person is stuck is because their idol has failed them or they in transition to another idol. So what you got to do is you got to say, OK, why am I stuck? Where was I disappointed? Where was I? Where are my doubts? And then in the midst of that, you will find your idol. Now that idol must die. And you give that to God. God, I have I repent for idolizing this thing. And because I idolize this thing, now I'm in a rut and I got to get out of this. Holy Spirit, reveal who Christ is to me and help me to get out of this place. And he will. And you got to get out of it because the devil will lead this disappointment. He will use this disappointment leading into depression and depression. You start emotionally eating. And then that, that emotional wound would then bring physical disease. And then you'll be dead in a matter of years. So when you understand the gift of life that someone woke up this morning, wasn't able to be in a bed that you're in, that you that someone is up under a bridge while you up under a roof. If you do not embrace the day that God has made for you with thanksgiving and with joy, then, 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 then you're not going to be successful. So do what I just said and, and make God and put God in his rightful place in your heart. And I want you to write down why you must get out of this bed. And then that will come back the rut that you in. Hope to help. But you got to get up, my brother. Because he lives, you can face this moment and tomorrow. Liz Lewis says, raising a headstrong, difficult son as a single mom, how do I have strength to continue on? Um, First off, you be the mom and let God be the dad. And what I mean by that, don't sacrifice your nurturing your God given nurturing ability. Now, don't get me wrong. There's discipline. Don't get me wrong. There's discipline. But do not sacrifice your nurturing ability to be overly disciplined, overbearing. Um, when you have a headstrong son, um, he's trying to occupy what's missing. 
And so what happens is you got to make him clear on God's occupancy of this situation of this family and letting them know that the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. What my mother did for me that I greatly appreciate to this day, she really drove deeply into my soul, the fear of God. She so she told me the reverence of God, the honoring of God, knowing that God's eye is everywhere. He sees everything. He knows your motive. That kept me from being in girls' bedrooms. It kept me from doing certain things because the fear of God, it kept me in a, in a, in my repentance became pure over time, the more I began to understand who I was in Christ and my righteousness in him and who the lovingness of the father that helps. So what you got to do is you got to establish a Bible study. First off, apologize. The best way to change the mind of a person is to be kind to them. It's to humble yourself, not to humble yourself off from your position as a mother, but humble yourself and say, son, let's go out to eat. Take your son, right? This is what I want you to do. I want to take your son to his, his most favorite, his favorite place to go and say, son, I'm going to take you out today. Even if he had bad grades this week, don't worry about it. <clears throat> it doesn't matter if he disrespected you yesterday. Take him out this weekend and say, son, I just want to take you here. Uh, and, and when you take him out there, let him have fun. Let him eat. Let him eat. You know what I'm saying? Give him, give, I know. I know. Give him that whole chicken. If he's 16, let that man eat. You know what I'm saying? And then when his belly is full, say, son, have I done anything um, um, to offend you? Have I done anything um, to disrespect you? Um, because when children... Uh, understand that you understand them and that you honor them and that you respect them as a human being, you got them. I work in elementary school. I do it all the time. I'm kind. I'm humble. I admit when I'm wrong. I, I honor my word. I, I take time to listen, to understand them. And then you will begin to see over time that callousness is off of them. But if you come back their, their headstrongness and your headstrong and you're not humble, gentle, or kind and strong when you need to be, but you can't be overly strong if you're not sensitive to their needs, his need. Because right now he's trying to find himself in the midst of and trying to occupy the, the testosterone that's missing. But when you reveal uh, 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 how he should reverence God and how God is there and that he is fathering you at the moment, then those things will help, uh, you know. I, I would say I was a headstrong guy, but but I was just I was an intellectual. I I, I was just mental. My, my mom did a great job. That's the advice that I would give you on that. I got time for one more, maybe two, and I'm out your way. Ah, it's 1023. I'm gonna go ahead and go now. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I hope this live QA was a blessing. All the resources to everything that I have that will benefit you is on my website, IamUnplugged.com. And for those who are new to my channel, here are some resources that I have. I've written six books, created two card games, and created three courses. They're all on my website, IamUnplugged.com. We got t-shirts as well. This is the whole bucket from my book, The Purpose of Singleness. See, the book has the holes in the bucket. But our goal is to be whole. Um, so I got this book here, The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? Helps you maximize and understand your singleness more. I got a book on soul ties and strongholds. The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds. I have a book called Dating Prep, a book to help you date yourself and the love of your life forever. And I got a card game that you can purchase separately with it. It's questions for yourself, for those who are single, as well as those who are in relationships and are married. It game is called dating prep and there's questions 
uh, three step, three levels of questions. Cloud phase, which means y'all guys just met. Cement phase, relationship is getting serious. The corporation phase is when is you engaged and ready to be married or already married. Questions like cement questions. What are your strengths and weaknesses? What's your passion? A corporation question is if money wasn't an issue, what would you do right now? I and mean, where do you see us in five years? A cloud question is uh, what characters do you pray in a spouse? Nah, nah, that, that, uh, oh, that's cement question. A cloud phase is how do you regularly use your time? That that's a cloud phase question, but that's very important. When you get to know somebody, how they use their time, well, how they will determine how they steward your time when y'all married. Um, that's the card game that goes with the dating prep game, and every question in the dating prep game is in the book as well. So you have question on the side here, like this question: As a family, how will we handle our finances? The top two things that stink that sink relationships are finance and infidelity. Having a solid understanding of finance and faithfulness. And a plan to sustain them will help you years down the road. Questions, your stewardship level, poor, so, so, good, or great. Their stewardship level, if you're in a relationship, poor, so, so, good, or great. What do you spend the most money on? What do they spend the most money on? And that will kind of help you uh, process that. My book, World War Me, is a book on spiritual warfare. How to Win the War Within. It talks about the whole armor of God and who we are in Christ. And there's a list of scriptures in the back for every area of a believer's life. And of course, the first book I wrote called Unplug, the top things to unplug from, and also my children's book. Oh, my wife got it. Our program starts Wednesday. We're probably going to have 50 kids. So if you want to help support our mentoring program, it's going to be an eight-week program at the elementary I work at. Um, you can give now, support that. If you want to support what I do on this channel, you can give on my website as well. Your uh, your generosity is, uh, is appreciated in advance. Um, if you want to book me for your event, I'm ready to travel. It's my travel season. I'll be in D.C. in April, potentially Canada this summer. And I have some other uh, uh, um, uh, opportunities down the road, but I haven't finished establishing them yet. If you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, I'm here for you. I'm in that season as well. One-on-one -on -one coaching, booking for your event, concert, youth, don't matter what it is. It could be elementary, middle school, high school, youth group, churches, panels, whatever. Um, six books, three, two card games, three courses, mentoring program you can support. You can support what we do on this channel. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I am unplugged.com is the website. If you want to be a part of our Purpose of Singleness course, join me this Thursday. We're going to be talking about bitterness. Bitterness and singleness. So join me. The course is free. You can sign up now at lifework.teachable.com. Get your book. In the next few weeks, we're going to get into chapter two, which is seasons. Break that down. But I'm kind of focusing on the foundational stuff for the course. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. And uh, even though coach is tapping out now, the Holy Spirit is right now to take the baton and to be tapped in into your situation. He'll help you with all the nuance. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Peace.